Welcome to the Ring Side Rant. This episode is scheduled for one fall. Making his way to the ring. Now residing in the Quad City. His wife says he's the best there is. The best there was. And the best there ever will be. He's slim, trim, and a little round. He is Dave in the QC. And his tag team partner from Rochester, New York. Weighing in at a very tight 185 pounds. He's the proof that Paul is beautiful. He's the man with the magical voice. This is RJ. Today's episode is brought to you by Fanatics. Fanatics is the world's largest collection of official fan gear from all the leagues, teams, and players you love. If you enjoy the ringside rant and are looking to buy a new jersey, sweatshirt, or hat, you can support us by going to podgo.co slash fanatics and get 25% off your next order. That's podgo.co slash fanatics. Fanatics, officially licensed everything. Welcome to the Ringside Rant. He's Dave. I'm RJ. Dave, what's going on, man? Oh, just got done shoveling snow. I'm sweating like a whore in church right now, trying not to have a heart attack in here, my old fat ass. Well, I don't want you to have a heart attack because I'm going to have to find another co-host, and I don't want to go through that because there's not too many people out there that will put up with my crap. It might make some compelling podcasts, though. Who knows? Hey, any, any reaction is a good reaction in my book. If he dies, he dies. <laughs> well, not 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 too quick. Let's at least make it to spring. At least, come on, man. I'd I'd like to make it to actually getting to see another show, you know, in person. Maybe go to some football games or something before I before I croak. So might take it easy the rest of the winter. I'd say the way that uh, this whole uh, vaccine crap's going, you never know what the hell's going to happen. I don't know how it is down by you, but up here it's like a madhouse. I'm taking my time on this vaccine. I'm I'm very pro vaccine. My mother is a doctor. Doctors all in my family's the whole family's pro vaccine. My mother actually just got her second COVID vaccine. Her and my stepdad, but I'm really I'm taking my time. Make sure people don't have like wieners growing out of their eye holes and shit. <laughs> or I start letting them pump something in my body that was made really, really quick. Right. So we'll, well, we'll see. I I gotta I gotta wait a little bit. I don't think COVID's gonna kill me, at least not right today. Well, so, right. well, let's let's hope not. I already had it, so they basically said whoever's already had it, you don't get the vaccine because the antibodies that are in in your system are basically going to fight it off anyway. So I guess I'll be the first one to croak, anyways. Well, my pro- my thing is now is in my head, I'm like I'm immune now, right? Because I I don't know how I didn't get COVID over New Year's. So I literally well, yeah, sat you- next to my buddy. Play- we right. gambled all night long on New and- Year's Eve. And I sat next to him for four or five hours while we we're gambling, hanging out, drinking, and 
literally passing the fireball from him to me. To, I never got it. The next morning he woke up, couldn't smell or taste and had COVID. Jesus. How yeah. did I not get it? Like that blows my mind. Well, it's the same thing when I had it. My wife and my son never got it. They never showed symptoms. Well, I should say they didn't show symptoms. They very well could have had and fought, fought it off. But well, I went and got tested. My wife sent my ass to the basement. I got tested and came back negative. So, well, they didn't even send uh, send my wife or her son to get tested. They said if they don't show any symptoms, they don't have to. I'm like, all right, I guess. And I just stayed downstairs here and did a lot of work for the show and watched a lot of wrestling in South Park and whatever and had a nice mini vacation there. Man, I really need to move my head. The lights behind me on this Zoom call. Well, it's the same thing with shit. me. I'm like, I usually wear a hat or something so you don't get the glare off my bald I like head. A, I but... need like a screen. I need a screen behind me to block these lights. They're crazy. Well, I have, I try... my, my lighting here in my basement's terrible. Well, because I think you got you got the track track uh, track lighting. No, the, the can lights. Oh, the cans. Like, yeah, because we got pretty much the same thing behind me, but I'm almost contemplating taking them out just for the show. But I'm like, ah, the hell with it. Then you can't see the lovely stuff that I have behind me with all my figures. And I just got that Nick Aldis uh, figure behind me. I, I finally got that. I ordered that in the uh, over the summer and I finally got it. So thanks to Chella Toys. Yeah. But uh, I need to get one of those. Jay-Z was showing me his the other day. The Aldis? Yeah. Yeah, because they're coming out with a uh, I saw. Uh, who is it? Uh, Ethan Page is coming out with a ch- their cellos coming out with that, and then I'm getting uh, uh, a Josh Chernoff and Blue Meanie one, the combo one. Uh, they're coming out. I'm gonna uh, have somebody do a custom for me. I, I just literally this week sent in my Harlem Heat DV Ray figure ooh. to a guy to customize yeah. as an NWO figure. Really? Oh, black I'm, I'm, black and white. Black and white. Yeah. So I have. I'm trying to build up with my figures, the whole NWO. Right. And so if you're going to have it, you know, Stevie Ray was a member. Right. So you got to have that custom made as the NWO Stevie Ray. Right. And then just last night I bought a custom Razor Ramon as Razor really? Ramon was one of my all time favorites, but somebody did a custom of him from his like dark match in WWF before he was ever really on TV and he's wearing long pants and, so I can't wait for that to come in. Oh, so it'll be like one of a kind then. Yeah. And then I legit think I'm going to pay somebody to custom a, a really good, because there's some guys on Facebook that do some really good customizations. Let me know because I know a guy. Have I know somebody a guy. do me a Thunder Rosa. So I, I got to get one. Because the, the only woman figure I have is Becky Lynch, because I love Becky Lynch. I don't even think but, they, I don't even think but I, I really want I want I really want a Thunder Rosa one to go with my little Thunder Rosa collection I'm starting to build up. Yeah, unfortunately we won't see here in the Rumble tonight. So Yeah, I know, but a boy can dream, right? Hope you got hope. That's all that matters at this point. Woke up this morning and put on my Thunder Rosa shirt for good luck. Yeah, I, I saw that. I'm like, uh, I don't think she'll win, but you know, it's it, it's it's worth a shot. I mean, you gotta be in it to win it, but you know, it exactly. is what it is at this point. Exactly. So it's one of the better times of the year for me anyways and i'm sure for you as well uh, royal rumble weekend has always been my favorite weekend uh, outside of wrestlemania obviously we're going to get into that a little bit later uh with our royal rumble recap but first and foremost let's go up to the ring with mr rich paladino Ringside Rant fans, it is now time for RJ and Dave to throw down their opinions on what's hot around the world of professional wrestling, sports, and pop culture. 
and is scheduled for a 10-minute time limit. It's the opening contest. All right, so first and foremost, Dave, on top of Royal Rumble being, as we're recording today, uh, as it comes out, it'll be last, uh, this past Sunday, we also have the Super Bowl coming up this Sunday between the Chiefs and the Bucks. But one thing that I've noticed before we get into that is the officiating for the NFL all year has been pretty crappy, to put it mildly. Uh, I compare the officiating with the booking in the main roster of the WWE. What, what are your thoughts on this? Because I, we could go on forever for this, which we probably shouldn't, but what are your thoughts on the officiating with the NFL this year? I blame NFL officiating solely on one individual, and that's Roger Goodell. Roger Goodell has tried to change the game of football, obviously for the, the safety of the hits to the head and things like that. We get that. Some of the stuff's complete bullshit, though. Uh, but you really think about it, fantasy football is now playing a big, big part in regular football. So people are playing, you know, every year, more and more people are playing fantasy football. It's becoming more and more popular. And so because of that, Roger Goodell has seemingly changed the way defenses can play. And they're kind of handcuffed. And I think the fact that he wants more scoring is really kind of what leads the referees to some of the flags is what you're seeing is because, I mean, defenders, especially cornerbacks and safeties, they're handcuffed to a point that's ridiculous. So you get, you're you're hardly allowed to even hand fight with a a receiver anymore. You can't hardly hit me. Like if you hit anybody hard anymore, they pretty much just throw a flag just because. So, I mean, it really all boils down to how bad defenses have been handcuffed from Roger Goodell and his new rules. And then the officials are out there trying to officiate it. But yeah, it's very frustrating because I have no desire to watch a football game that's got penalty after penalty after penalty after penalty after penalty all season long. And then you, but you do get to the playoffs and those numbers dwindle like crazy. So there are penalties here and there, but why don't you call the playoffs the way you call the regular season or vice versa? Why don't you call the regular season the way you call the playoffs? Because there's so many games that have so many penalties that it's unwatchable. It's kind of like college basketball now. I used to be a huge college basketball fan. The sport is damn near unwatchable now because of all the fouls. And they've changed the rules. So, I mean, every pretty much little hand check, anything is ticky tack. Basically, if a guy drives into the lane nine times out of 10, no matter what happens, they're going to call a foul and he's going to the free throw line. Well, I don't want to sit there and watch a bunch of seven footers shoot fucking free throws all day. Doesn't seem like a lot of fun to me. And that's what you're getting. So I think the rules of all the sports have changed and it's made officiating harder, you know, because they've added more rules and what constitutes a foul, what constitutes penalty, whatever. And it's terrible for us fans that want to watch it, but it is what it is at this point until they start relaxing it. I mean, they they tried to do, you had a couple years ago, the Saints and the Rams in that NFC championship game where it was a blatant pass interference and they didn't call it. So then they instituted the rule, the coach's challenge last year where they could throw a flag on a penalty. And I don't think they ever overturned one just out of spite to be like, screw you guys, we're not overturning it, even if it was. There are some pretty bad calls out there. And, I mean, as a fan, you watch your team, you get pissed off. You know, I, I've 
I've been like that for years watching Florida State play in the ACC. And I actually went through and did, you know, I, I wrote out and did all the statistics from one year of all the penalties that Florida State had committed. And then looking back at all the penalties teams committed against Florida State and then go back through at each individual team to look at their penalties throughout the rest of the year and how it wasn't even remotely close. So, you know, like a team that averages eight or nine penalties a game, they play Florida State, they magically get two or you know, whatever the case may be. And I, I think a lot of that, like Florida State still lives off their 90s glory in the ACC. I mean, they literally bullied the ACC for 10 years before they ever remotely anybody came close to them. And I think, I think they still kind of are paying the price for that. And they don't get a lot of calls and things that they should because they're still viewed as that bully team. And, I mean, it's it's there. You see it in the pros. You, you'd like to think that these guys are, you know, that they are, are the officials are don't have a bias or anything. But how could you not? These, these guys have to be a fan of somebody. You know, supposedly they're well-paid lawyers and this, that, and the other and all these referees. But you, you're telling me these guys know the game of football this well and don't have fans that don't have any kind of bias at all? I don't buy it. Well, I think it's I think it's out there, but my thought process behind this is this may come off obviously as a homer pick and it probably will regardless, but the, you could take the chiefs bills game from last weekend. Perfect example. I only saw it as the guy, the defensive lineman punched the offensive lineman of the bills in the face. Didn't get anything. And then it comes out today that Josh Allen got fined 15 grand for throwing a football at one of the defensive players on Kansas city. So I'm like, okay, you, you you don't see it. That's one thing, but come on guys with all the cameras that are on this damn field and you can't figure this out. Why are we even bother having first and foremost, instant replay for Like you said, with these penalties and it's not getting overturned. It's the same thing with any other sport. You mentioned basketball. Basketball is the worst. Like you said, 90% of the time they drive the lane. It's going to be a foul, whether it's the NBA or whether it's college. Yeah, and I mean, and that's just making it unwatchable. And, and I think a sport like basketball, the officials have more control over the game than football and can really control a game. But yeah. I don't know. I, I, you, you start making so many rules and so many dumb things. You know, you kind of think about the – this got brought up, the, the fumble into the end zone. Like Cl- Cleveland should have beaten Kansas City. Oh, yeah. You had the Cleveland player that fumbled at the two and it went into the end zone and went out of bounds. And that literally is a gimme for the defense. And it happens every year and every year it gets brought up as to like, how is this dumbass rule still standing? If I fumble anywhere else on the field and it goes out of bounds, it's my ball. But if I fumble into the end zone, and it goes out of bounds. It's your ball at the 20. Yeah, it doesn't make no, sense. No, it should be my ball where I fumbled it. Right. It's your job to retain the fumble. So if you don't recover it, and retain possess or if you don't recover it and it goes out of bounds, well, anywhere else on the field, it's not your ball. Why would it be there? So, I mean, that was that's really a, a stupid rule and one that they need to get rid of. And I, it's just like, co- I mean, college really needs to get rid of the dumbass targeting rule. Well, the NFL has target, it too, and it? then you're out the rest of the game, or if it's the second half of a game, you're out the first half of the next game, right. and that includes the next season. So, like, there's a player in the national championship or their bowl game, which isn't even really a fucking football game. Bowl games, they're glorified scrimmages at this point. But if you win or if you get in your bowl game and you get a targeting in the second half 
you can't play in the first half of the game next season. Where does what the hell? How does that make any sense? But you, you go to any sport and it's going to be like that. Regardless, you, they're going to have dumb rules. Players are going to get screwed up. Calls can get screwed up. That's just the way it is now. I think at the end of the day, whether it's football, baseball, hockey, basketball, whatever sport we're going to talk about, at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is the green, the money, the money that brings in. And that's the sad part. Tony Schiavone said the same thing about professional baseball, that he fell out of love with the sport that he loved, that he was calling until he went to AEW. They used to say, okay, is, is wrestling I fixed? I didn't know if it's broken. broken. Right. So I, I don't know. It, we'll have to wait and see. But another uh, bit of news that came out uh, this past week was that the WWE network was bought out by uh, NBC Universal's Peacock network. This is coming right from wrestlinginc.com. Uh, Peacock will launch the WWE network on Thursday, March 18th. Uh, this will kick off the rollout of more than 17,000 hours of new, original, and library programming on demand and let the live channel. The WWE Fastlane event will be the first pay-per-view to stream on Peacock March 21st. Uh, this is coming right from their website. Uh, the new WWE Network premium price point will be $4.99 on Peacock. And the ad-free version, Peacock Premium Plus, will cost $9.99 a month. I think it was just a matter of time before this happened, Dave, whether it be NBC or whether it be Disney. Those are my two front runners. Uh, obviously, with the WWE and NBC having such a long historical uh, partnership with Vince, uh, Vince McMahon, what are your thoughts on this? Do you think this is going to work? Obviously, there's a lot of things that have to be ironed out uh, and a lot of questions that have to be answered. So what are your initial thoughts on, on this news? Well, initially, you know, I'm looking at it and it says, okay, the price point is $4.99. I'm like, well, that saves money. But then you look at it and say, well, that's with ads. Well, I'm not watching the shit with ads. So I will buy the $9.99 tier. But then I start thinking about, and, you know, somebody had brought up this point of, it takes a lot of staff to put together to run one of these networks like Peacock, Netflix, Prime, Hulu, things like that. How many people that are with WWE are now going to lose their jobs because of this? Because you have to think that the infrastructure at NBC is a lot bigger. And so obviously, you know, Vince passing the reins over to them to do this will help tremendously. But I'm guessing there's going to be quite a few jobs that are going to be lost. You know, I'm hoping that's not the case. Hopefully people that are with WWE and the WWE Network are able to transfer over to NBC or something of that nature. But yeah, I doubt it. Yeah, I doubt it too. I think they're going to want to get at least NBC I'm talking about, not WWE. I think NBC is going to have to, it's going to have a quite a big say in it uh, because if I think I, the the numbers that I saw, they're, we're talking billions of dollars. That's with a B, not an M with millions. We're talking billions and, yeah, and they're going to have their say in it. I was reading an article today and it says that basically the employees had a meeting last week and there was zero indication that this would be happening. So they're kind of shocked at it. But, but the I, I think said, the guy said that internally what he's hearing that Vince is pointing all the low ratings for the network strictly towards a social media team. So well, how is that fair? Well, I mean, is it true? I don't know. That's just I, I what doubt it is. Saying, yeah. But OK, say, for example, he is. Well, I mean, I, I think WWE does a great job on social media. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is the product is such shit right now that people don't care. So 
I have the network for the old content. I don't have the network for the new content. Right. I'm the same. I'm the same way. Less. I mean, I, I, the only thing WWE that I really watch religiously or live or anything like that is the big pay-per-views. Right. We're talking Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series. I don't give a shit about TLC pay-per-views or Fastlane or any of that other crap. You know, to me, like Hell in a Cell. You just make random matches to throw in a Hell in a Cell. That de- that devalues the whole purpose of a Hell in a Cell. Right. So, you know, maybe you need to rethink what you're doing and then the product that you're putting on TV because the product on TV is absolute dog shit. So maybe that has to, you know, that plays a little bit into the fact that you're ratings on television and maybe your number of buys that you have for your network aren't that great. I mean, it makes sense for him if they're not what he wants over the next five years, this, you know, this deal with NBC for $1.1 billion or whatever the case may be, go for it. But I I don't have a problem with it, but you hate to see people lose jobs over something like this because the network is good. We end up getting, you know, one of my main complaints with the network is, is I want more of the old stuff. Right. I want the wrestling challenges. They just finally put wrestling challenge on there, but it's only a handful of shows from 1986. You know, I want the USA wrestling and the WCW Saturday night. Like, why do we only have, you know, two seasons of WCW Saturday night? Where's all the rest of them? I know you got it. Where's the WCW pro show from back in the day? Where's the WCW worldwide show from back in the day? Why are none of these things on there yet? But as far as the employment, I just think people are going to be, you, you'll see them, but it's just they got to transfer some of them over because they have the experience with the network, at least initially, bring some people over. Yeah, I, I think it's just a matter of time, but there's still a lot of questions out there. I'm in the same boat as you, Dave, where I really could care less about these TLC matches, a lot of these not, or excuse me, these pay-per-views. I want my big four, and that's about it. And that's that's the whole thing. And if WWE didn't have the network, I could only imagine how bad the ratings would be and how much profits would really be down because with what they're putting out right now, I wouldn't be paying 50 bucks or whatever the case may be for a Royal rumble or WrestleMania or any, who the hell is going to pay 30, 40 bucks to watch Fastlane? Not me. I won't do it. I'll, I'll, I'll watch, I'll watch it online or something. Yeah. I mean, I'd watch some bootleg bullshit on some pop-up site, but I'm not paying for that. That's crazy. You're not the only one. Trust me. I know between yourself and me, we're not the only ones. We saw Drew McIntyre defeat Goldberg and a lot of a hell of a lot longer match than I thought it was going to be. Well, technically, I don't think the bell rang until they were about damn near done. Well, because he speared him through that barricade. It's like, okay, well, what yeah, that, you... but that was before the officially before the match. Right. I don't even the bell didn't even ring. We're pretty much just going to go over the Royal two met two Royal Rumble matches itself, the men's and the women's. We're just going to go briefly over on what else happened. Uh, for those of you that didn't watch it, spoil alert. And if you don't want to know, oh, I... well, if you don't know by the time this is out, tough shit. Yeah, I know. It's just this will be out on Friday. So, eh, well, if you don't know by now, then all I had to had to say about Goldberg was, holy hell, was he gassed at the end of that match? Yeah, he uh, he didn't look very good in terms of the even the last few times he's been on WWE TV, he's been pretty shredded, been in shape. It kind of looks like this might have been one of those last minute call ups. Hey, Goldberg, let's get you in the Royal Rumble and. Right. He's just kind of in the shape he probably just walks around in because he didn't look near as shredded as he usually does. Well, he wore those gym shorts to the ring. I'm like, okay, well, I guess he's not going to be wearing those, uh, yeah, those bike like, shorts. Like some, my buddy was over. I'm like, look, he's he's wearing a bathing suit to the ring. It's like some board shorts or something. 
Well, it looks like those shorts that Lesnar always wore. The uh, look, they look like MMA shorts with the little slit on the side. Yeah. But regardless, I mean, it was, you, we got what we knew we were going to get out of a Goldberg match. It is what it is. He it is what it is. His prime. He can't wrestle now. Yeah, right. It's it is what it is. We got but it's what it's time we to be done with that bullshit. No more Goldberg. I don't need to see him on my TV anymore. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll get to older generation of wrestlers coming up at the end of this. So <laughs> you just hold right there, guys. Uh, so our next uh, match, it was the uh, women's. Oh, SmackDown Women's Championship match. Sasha Banks versus Carmella. I don't know what, if you can explain to me what Carmella's gimmick is now. I'm not sure. I don't really get it. She doesn't really do it for me. I don't see her much more other than a valet. I don't take her very seriously as a wrestler. She does some some cool acrobatic type stuff, but she doesn't seem like somebody who legit can kick anybody's ass. Yeah, I, I just, I, I think she's extremely gifted athletically. I'll give her that, but I just, I really don't. And I never have, even since her NXT days with uh, Cass and Enzo, I didn't even get it then. So, but it, it was funny. I text you this uh, during the, or after the match. I'm like, my wife didn't, doesn't watch wrestling whatsoever. She's like, that match was stupid. I said, <laughs> well, welcome. Yeah, we, had a few, we had a few people over. My sister-in-law and her boyfriend were over. Yeah. And they don't watch wrestling at all. I mean, he didn't even know what kind of rules were going on. I was trying to explain the World Rumble to him at all. It, it you know during during that whole process but that that women's match was bad i mean it, it could have been a lot worse obviously but I, I don't take her seriously in any way shape or form so it's yeah I, i'd never thought sasha was losing there anyway i didn't think so either but i think sasha did the best she could with what she had and i said it's nothing personally against carmella obviously but nope none at all uh, she just doesn't do it for me i same here another time well spent was this backstage segment with uh new day yeah, I really I want to make a point to say this, uh, and then you, you know why is their gear dedicated to Brody Lee? Um, yeah, that was pretty good. Shout out to Brody yeah. Lee there. That was awesome by New yeah. And uh, all three of them, the Kofi surprised him being on the DL, uh, surprised uh, surprised him backstage, and they showed off the gear dedicated to Brody Lee. So, uh, like I said, I just wanted to make a brief comment on that but our next match was our royal rumble the women's match i didn't really have a lot of great expectations going into it uh but i but i was very pleasantly surprised to to see what what came out of it um after i looked at it as a whole as a whole match we out we saw fairly common women coming back as far as jillian hall who hasn't been back recently i don't think i thought i saw her at one of the anniversary shows though I may be wrong. I couldn't tell you the last time I saw her, but seeing Jillian Hall and Victoria come back, Tori Wilson, I mean, it's good for nostalgia purposes or something like that, but I'd rather see some of the other ladies in NXT. I mean, there was no Candice LeRae there. Which surprised me. It really did. And Why not? There was no Io Shirai there. Why not? These are women that should have been in this match over 40-year-old Jillian Hall, 50-year-old Victoria, 40-some-year-old Tori Wilson. I mean, you know they're not going to win. You know Candice LeRae and Io Shirai aren't going to win either. But they at least but, have a chance. But, I mean, they're there every week busting their ass, and this is a payday they deserve, not somebody else. We, we also saw the uh, Shanti Blackheart. I still don't get her gimmick with that stupid tank. I really don't. I love Shanti Blackheart. I just don't. Her getting dumped so early kind of was shitty to me, but I well, love her. I, I think she's awesome. It's a good gimmick. But see, that's the problem is I think a lot of stuff that, that 
goes down with the NXT audience. And NXT has that niche that they've built there in Orlando at Full Sail University. And they have their fans and their dedicated fans. And they build their product up. And I think Vince just doesn't get a lot of it. We were talking about this tonight. A lot of the NXT people that aren't big in NXT, you know, they make it to the main roster. They're guys that Vince pushes differently. You know, I don't think I ever saw Elias win a single match in NXT. King Corbin wasn't anything to write home about when he was in NXT. But these are guys that Elias has kind of fallen off recently, but he was pushed to the moon at one point when he first came in. I mean, Corbin, Vince has a thing for Corbin, and everybody hates Corbin. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I also didn't like that uh, we saw Bailey come in at one, and she was even gone a lot quicker than I thought. I thought she would have been there till almost the end. Uh, well, I just think the biggest problem with the Bailey elimination is that it wasn't on we didn't see it live right we had to play we play it and i think a lot a lot of that happened tonight in the men's and the women's rumble matches with all the cameras that you can have in that venue and you still miss stuff i don't get it the one thing i did like was during the uh uh when owens and uh reigns fought reigns retained which yawn yeah, exactly. I, it, we had a discussion either last week or the week before if Owens was going to win, this was going to be the time to win. But I liked how they used the the drones. If you didn't, if you noticed that, yeah, and a, f- a few of the shots, not a lot of them. They had a few of them, but but yeah, with as many cameras as you have the pos- possibility of having in that venue, and you still don't, you still miss stuff. I just they they got me. It's those little things. I'm sure same thing with you. The little things that really got to me. The use of or the lack thereof use of Alexa Bliss. Yeah, I didn't get that. She, I mean, she was in and out so quickly it made zero sense. Like she's the most over superstar they have right now. I mean, her whole thing with the fiend and with the fiend being gone. Mm-hmm. Or how I mean, I kind of expected the fiend to be back tonight. Shocked he wasn't. Yeah, I'm exactly. Not really sure what they did or why they did that with her or what. I mean, it just didn't make any sense. Well, I think they're just trying to disorient. The women that are in there, whether they be Rhea Ripley or Charlotte or a Bianca or whatever, I think they're trying to play it off as you never know when it's going to happen. It could be. But I just, it's either you're going to do it or you're not going to do it. So we saw pretty much Rhea Ripley go to town, literally. And I think we're going to start seeing a lot more of her on the main roster. I think this was that time when they said pretty much, hey, this is, you're coming up now. Uh, because we haven't seen her a lot on NXT. Well, you have to think Shayna Baszler and Rhea Ripley had really good showings tonight at the Royal Rumble. So I, yeah. I really hope that Vince figures it out because the misuse of Shayna Baszler is damn near criminal. Well, Shayna, Shayna Baszler on NXT and Shayna Baszler obviously on the main roster, two totally different people. I dug her on NXT. I just... Her... They don't have to be. That's Vince's doing. Right. So they and, don't, I mean, they... It shouldn't be. The Shayna Baszler that we had in NXT should be the exact same Shayna Baszler we have now in WWE on Raw. And that that's all Vince McMahon's doing. Mm-hmm. So, and that's just pure stupidity on his part. Well, and, and, I, and I think that they shouldn't have had, I think they're pretty much handcuffed, so I kind of get it. I don't think they should have had Charlotte. I don't think they should have had Baszler or Nia Jax in the match because they already had matches. I'm sure they were handcuffed with who they could, how many people they could have in the building. Well, Carmella definitely shouldn't have been in the Rumble. Oh, yeah, that that one too. That's yeah. for damn sure. I about the other girls, but there was no reason to have Carmella in it. She had already had a title match tonight and lost it, so she's out. She had her shot tonight. 
and that but that also leaves it open to the people that you mentioned the Io Shirai's the Candice LeRae Candice LeRae's uh anybody else the one person I did like seeing out there obviously and you know this is Peyton Royce well yeah everybody likes seeing Peyton Royce (laughs) and it was funny one of the uh, fellow podcaster I can't remember who it was uh, sent out a tweet saying that oh Peyton Royce is number 11 one more than 10 which is a was a dig at uh Sean Spears being uh Ty Dillinger the perfect 10 I, I popped a little bit for that so yeah that's pretty funny I like that but uh yeah I really looking at it hindsight now we'll get in the men's rumble match in a little bit but on the whole I like the women's mat Royal rumble match better Oh, I did too. It was better than the men's. Men's wasn't very good, I didn't think. I will say that Allison Faye, you were correct. The women's Rumble match was better than last year. So we saw Bianca Belair become, uh, win the Royal Rumble. I'm, I think it was 56 minutes and 49 seconds. Uh, Royal Rumble uh, women or women's Royal Rumble record for the uh, length in the match. Uh, I think she came in at what three? I believe yeah, she came in at three. Yeah. Which was one of your one one of yours, right? Or, well, I had three in the men's for my save by the pod pool, but yeah, <laughs> I got Sammy, stuck with Sammy Zane there. Well, Ugh. better better than Kane, who I had in two pools. So <laughs> I'm like, oh man, I got the mayor. But I knew, uh, I knew the ginger Fidel Castro wasn't winning. <laughs> but I, I will say this much: I did really dig seeing Carlito freak cut up. He I know I'd like good. to see Carlito return. I really would like to see that. Whether it's on, I, I doubt it's obviously going to be on a full-time basis. It's probably going to be spots here and spots there, but he can still go, man. He was always in good shape. He could always go. I think he was saddled with bad booking, and I think that's one of the reasons why his attitude turned, and he well, just didn't really give a shit anymore. Well, there was rumors that he was supposed to be up at the last uh, that uh, Legends Night or whatever. Yeah. And he said, yeah, I'm not, they weren't booking him for a match. They were just basically booking him for an appearance. He's like, yeah, I'm not flying all the way cross country. I think he's in like California or he's Mexico or something. He's like, I'm not flying all the way over there for nothing. Literally. Yeah, I don't blame him. I don't know. I don't either, but we saw Edge and we obviously, we saw Edge and Orton. We knew that going into it, started the match. Orton, uh, spoiler alert, faked an injury, which I think was brilliant. Uh, and saw it coming a mile away, though. Oh, exactly. And I told and I messaged you, I'm like, dude, just wait until number 30. He'll come out and eliminate Edge and sure as shit. Try to eliminate him after we saw a returning Christian. Yeah, and that was big. Christian returning was, was really big. I was surprised. Didn't see that happening at all. I thought he was pretty much out. Obviously, he probably went through the same protocol that Edge has gone through with his, his injuries. But we saw them get eliminated by Edge eliminated Christian as well as, uh, or no, not Christian. Uh, Seth Rollins eliminated. Seth Rollins eliminated Christian, Christian and, and Braun Strowman. Yeah, and I was surprised. This was the first I couldn't I couldn't realize that this was the first time that we've seen Seth in Survivor Series. Oh yeah, he's been out after Becky had the baby because Becky had the baby, and yeah. it was fun. And it was funny. I don't know if you saw the tweet by the W or by Becky, and then yeah, WWE retweeted. And then I saw her. They. After the women's Royal Rumble, and she didn't show up. She goes, "I just thought they were pretty curtains." I but I saw the happen. I saw the curtains again during the Roman Reigns Kevin Owens match. I think there's probably just a picture of when she you when she was working. She probably just took it and said, "Oh, I never know when I'm going to need this," and 
you never know. Oh, I doubt it. I I bet she was there. So those um, curtains, I saw those curtains again at a point during KO and Roman Reigns match. Yeah, they're probably so, one of the uh, gorilla. There, it was. I, I knew when she. I, I mean, I knew. I knew she wasn't showing up for the women's role. She's she. That baby's two months old, barely. If that. Yeah. She was. She's not showing up for that. And, but I, I kind of figured it was time for Seth Rollins to come back. So. Well, and it's good to see him back. And I. I really. I don't know what well, I mean, WWE is. Yes, their roster's bigger than it ever has been. Yes, they have more talent than they ever have been. But they're they're kind of thin right now because of the number. You know, the doing the two shows. And, and things are kind of bland. So they, they need something to get it going, whether it be returning guys or whatnot. But it, it's nice that these guys are getting a chance to take time off, like The Fiend mm-hmm. and Seth Rollins and things of that nature. But it's also going to be nice when they come back and, and we get to continue these storylines. But, I mean, obviously, you know, the Edge and Randy Orton story is not going to be over. So if Edge can stay healthy, I guess we'll see what we get. I didn't. And it's nothing, it's the same thing with the women's. It was nothing against Edge personally. I just would have rather seen somebody that would actually benefit from it. I want to see people win that show up every week. I am a fan of Brock Lesnar, but I'm not a fan of Brock Lesnar holding titles and the title not being on a program for three months straight. And if Edge is going to be there and be there every week, I'm game. You know, I, I don't have a problem. If guys are going to show up and wrestle on Raw or SmackDown, that's all they're doing right now. Right. They're not touring the country. They're not wrestling 300 nights a year. If your ass is going to be wrestling and you want to be a champion or a main event or anything like that, you need to be there on television. I wouldn't say every week because I think that's one of the problems is everybody's there every freaking week and you get tired of seeing them. But the vast majority of the time, you need to be there and you need to be ready to work. Well, and also, what brand is he on? What is he going to go after? There's so uh, so many unknowns that would have very... I think he was on Raw beforehand. There's no way. I don't see it. Them jobbing out Roman Reigns to Edge. Or even Drew, though. Uh, they're gonna, they'll do Drew before Roman Reigns. Well, no, no. I, I realize that, but I just I don't want to see them job out Drew to Edge. I would honestly, I, I see this happening where I'd see Orton beating Drew at one of those stupid pay-per-views between WrestleMania and now, or on a Raw or whatever, have Edge versus Orton at WrestleMania for the title. I see I don't that need happening. To see another Edge and Orton match. I mean, I don't think we're going to see. I think we're going to see one more. Unfortunately. Oh, I think you're right, but I don't need another hour-long snooze fest between those two because I like Edge. But or and I know a lot of people like Orton. Orton does not do it for me. Right. I don't get it. I haven't gotten it since ever. He just doesn't do it for me. And I think Randy Orton is boring. It is what it is. I'm totally wrong in some people's eyes, and I guarantee you there's other people who are like, damn straight he is. Randy Orton doesn't do it for me, and I do not care to see Randy Orton wrestle some long-ass wrestling match with Edge with a million kickouts and a million near falls. It's just not this not anything that interests me. Well, the only th- the thing I like about Orton is uh, just the psychology he puts behind it. Uh, he's not going to be doing the flips and the dips and all that crap. He's going to beat you psychologically, like psychologically, excuse me. And then he doesn't have to do much before he really kicks it, takes it to you. But he wouldn't have survived in this business as long as he has without taking 
obviously. Well, I mean, he's got tremendous talent. Yeah. And and I'm with you. I would much rather watch a match like that than the flippy dippy shit. Right. But I liked a good solid Triple H match, things like that. But for some reason, Randy Orton just doesn't draw me in in any way, shape, or form. And he never has. I mean, he's had some good matches. And I loved his classic with Foley back in the day. But the vast majority of the Randy Orton stuff doesn't do it for me. And if it's a real long, drawn-out pay-per-view type thing, I have zero interest. You know, and another thing about Royal Rumble, and you may agree or disagree, I don't know, with this comment, is to me, when I'm watching Royal Rumble, it should clear up a lot of the cracks in the booking as far as going into WrestleMania. As far as, okay, this guy's going to feud against this guy, a la like we saw with a... Biggie and Bobby Lashley. They went head to head to it. Head head to head towards each other. You know what I mean? As far as solidifying the 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 um rivalries between each each of these workers. I didn't see that this year. Well, I and after everything I've read, I don't really think WWE knows what the hell they're doing for WrestleMania yet. Well, obviously if they they they're booking edges <laughs> into a title match, I don't really think they know what they're doing. Uh, I think they're basically trying to throw it against the wall and seeing what sticks. I remember after last year's WrestleMania, though, hearing that expect Edge to be in the WrestleMania main event pitcher for this year. After WrestleMania or after Royal Rumble last year? No, no it, it was at WrestleMania last year. Oh, okay. After after his match with Orton, you know, he went over and yada, yada, yada. Expect Edge to win the men's Royal Rumble this year to face the champion at WrestleMania. So it's... I, Hell, I told you I thought Edge was going to win. Yeah. So. You're right. When you're right, when you're right. <laughs> it wasn't what I wanted. Well, I don't think. It's well, fine. I just, I just, I have a hard time believing somebody who's been away for 10 years or however long it's been now. And you magically come back and you wrestle in Royal Rumble last year. Then you don't wrestle again until WrestleMania. And then you wrestle one match after that and you injure your arm and you're out till now and you can magically come back and start at number one and win the whole Rumble. I ain't buying it. No. And that's it, the problem with WWE right now. You yeah. don't buy that. That does, That's not what, how that happens. And, I and was not only that, but he comes in first. Right. And then you're almost, get the fuck out of here. Come on. And I was surprised that they did, did Damian Priest the way they did. Got him. I would have figured they'd put him out until at least the last handful, at least, at least the last five or six. Uh, he had an okay showing. We'll see. I don't. I don't expect much from I Damian think, Priest on the main roster. I don't I, think Vince will know how to use him. No, I. I think he'll screw the pooch just like he will. Plus, with, da uh, Damian Priest is older too. I think he's like thirty nine or something. He doesn't have a long run. Is he that old? I didn't think he was yeah. that old. I know he had a. He was. I don't. I gotta Google it because I don't think. I think they're gonna do him like they're gonna do Rhea Ripley. I don't think they're gonna know what to do with her. That's my fear with her coming to the main roster. Because I know they're gonna screw her up, and she's too damn good. Oh, you're you are right. He's thirty eight, born in eighty two. So he he's not gonna have a long run anyway. No, he'll probably have another good. Well, but yeah, but who knows? Look at look at AJ. He's a he's but he's a different body style than AJ. AJ's a little smaller. Oh, and he's a little bit yeah. Damian Priest's a little bit bigger dude, and and not big muscular wise or anything, but a taller guy. Just I I just don't see it. I mean, but it, it could help now that these guys aren't on the road 300 days a year. And if WWE is pretty much done with quote unquote house shows and their live events, cutting back on the schedule, 
maybe these guys will have a little bit better lifespan of, you know, being in the business. But I just don't buy a 50-year-old edge coming back from 11-year absence, 10-year absence, and all of a sudden comes in at number one in the Royal Rumble. And we haven't seen his ass since, like, June. Yeah. And wins the whole thing. I ain't buying it. It doesn't do it for me. It's just, no. doesn't, it doesn't make sense. As, as, much, as much as it pains me to agree with you on this, I have to because I just don't get it. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to the, the long term. They may surprise us. I don't know, but I don't want to stick around and try to find out. No, I mean, nothing makes sense. What was the point of bringing in Goldberg for that? It's pointless. Right. Exactly. And that's but, what's wrong with WWE these days. The shit's not making sense. Yeah. And everybody's talking about it, but there's only one person whose opinion matters. That's Vince. And that's Vince. Yeah. But he wants to blame everybody else for the shortcomings when, dude, it's your show. They're doing what you want. Yeah. So you got nobody to blame but yourself. And I've been WWE's biggest fan since the day I could open my eyes and figure it out. After all these years, even I don't even bother watching most of the stuff live because I just, it, it does not appeal to me anymore. And I love pro wrestling. And WWE, even through the Monday Night Wars, even when NWO was running wild on Nitro and Nitro was hot as fire, I watched Raw. Now, granted, we flipped back and forth, but I mean, I never could not watch Raw. Even through growing up, you know, the, the 93, the 94, the 95 years, I thought WWF was the greatest stuff going. But you know, right now, what he's doing, I have zero interest in. None. And it's stuff like this that doesn't make sense. It's silliness. And it's it's killing the product. And, I mean, people are leaving it in droves. They're just not watching. And he's got nobody to blame but himself. Well, and I think that's, like we talked about earlier, I think that's why he was such in a hurry to sell to NBC Universal because he's going to want that money there, whether it be for him or for the company, long-term, in the case that fans start leaving in droves. And I don't uh, think it's going to happen anytime. But what the problem is, is you think about the whole pandemic last year. We lost all our sports. We lost everything. And within a few weeks, wrestling was back. Vince McMahon had every opportunity right there in his hand to bring in an audience like no other. And he failed to do so because the product hasn't been good. Mm -hmm. It was right there for the taking and they didn't do anything. Well, and, and I think there was no other sports for them to go up against. Right. No, you College basketball ended. Yeah. XFL football ended, you know, and the NFL was gone. You had NASCAR eventually came back, but they were running so many different things throughout whenever that that's not a big deal. They're not really fighting NASCAR for ratings on any of their daily shows. So mm -hmm. baseball started way late. Mm -hmm. NBA came back way late and then ended, you know, for their little playoff run. Vince had it all right there and he, he pissed it all away. And, and it, so that's that's what you got to think about, though. You literally had the whole sports world in your hand for the taking to get people watching your product because it was the only thing on television. And it's all way. And now. you completely blew it. it. But I will say one thing. It is Wednesdays that really bring these fans in to watch NXT. Whether you watch NXT or AEW, it doesn't make any difference to, uh, to me, to you, whatever. But well, watch what you like. Exactly. And don't worry about what somebody else is watching. Yeah. Stop trying to trash the other program. Just enjoy it. Just enjoy what it is. Have it.
Right. We have but, something that Vince McMahon doesn't have complete control over. Right. He exactly. has zero control over AEW. And there's still a little bit of Triple H control in NXT. So let's enjoy what we have because Vince, what the product that Vince is giving us, and I hate to say it because I've loved Vince McMahon since forever, but the product that he's given us is pure garbage right now. So we really need to enjoy any kind of alternatives that we have. And I think it's a matter of time before he starts to put his stamp on NXT. I think it's just a matter of time. I unfortunately, I hate to say that, but I think it's a matter of time. I don't, I mean, if you, I if agree you with already. you, but how does how does anybody have enough time in the day? He we does. Can't even he get, doesn't. We can't even get Bruce Pritchard to record <laughs> his podcast for ad free shows, and well, he's not even Vince McMahon. Well, he's the number two, right? Suppo- I know, supposedly, that's, that's the whole thing. Is, yeah. is you're just, but I mean, he's even said before, you get there for a meeting and you sit there for five hours for the meeting even happens, waiting on Vince. Oh, exactly. Well, what's he doing? Because he's not writing compelling television. That's for damn sure. He's probably eating steak or something. But, you know, one thing that was, I want to end this segment talking about the Royal Rumble on a positive note, and that's Bianca Belair going to WrestleMania. Uh, if you didn't have, if you haven't had a chance or anybody listening hasn't had a chance to check out the uh, documentary on, uh, on the network that she did, I would highly suggest you go over there and do it and watch it. It's absolutely mind blowing on what she's been through. Her story is absolutely phenomenal. Seemingly, she's going to be going to WrestleMania to face Sasha Banks. I'm assuming because she's on SmackDown. Uh, or she may pull, you know, hey, I want to play face Asuka, but I think my money would be on, on Banks and her. We'll see. I'm, I'm hoping we get Rhea Ripley and Asuka. That, that would be good. I'm sure we're going to end up with like Charlotte and Oscar or something because it's Vince McMahon writing the show. Yeah, but they're but doing I'm this hoping, stupid. They're doing this stupid stuff get, with uh, what's her face. So who knows? I'm hoping we get Rhea Ripley and Oscar. I hope so. They got to start telling that story though soon. Well, we're gonna see. Rhea <laughs> Ripley had a great show tonight. I was I was pulling for Rhea Ripley. I'm a big fan of hers. Uh, yeah, I do. I do like Bel Air, but Rhea Ripley's probably my favorite wrestler in WWE right now, male or female wise. I mean, I am a huge fan of the Fiend, but but Rhea Ripley's where it's at, and and I hope she gets a fair shake at it on the main roster or else I, I legit might just stop watching WWE. Well, she's definitely gifted. That's for sure. So before we, you know, we send it up to rich before we do that. What uh, was the Royal women's Royal Rumble match? Your favorite match on the card tonight by far. Yeah. Now, what do you, th- what do you see going forward? Do you see, we obviously we mentioned Oscar versus Rhea and then banks versus Blair. I hate I hate ending it on this, but where do you see the heavyweight titles for the men or the women? For the men, I don't know. I guess we're, I think we're gonna get Edge and Edge Drew McIntyre, yeah, or Orton will beat Drew for the title sometime before then. And then I I think we're gonna end up with a Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan, something or another. I could be down for that. Hopefully, I don't know. I'm I'm I I am I like Roman Reigns as a heel. Right. But I'm kind of t- I'm so tired of Roman Reigns, and it's the same thing. I think Charlotte's a gifted wrestler, but I'm tired of Charlotte. Yeah, I, I see that. I see that. And but... it's 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 what killed Cena. Mm-hmm. And it's the it problem did. that people had. At least they turned Roman Reigns heel. I'll give him that. Yeah, but people get tired of the same thing, and it's why it it's how Undertaker or excuse me, not Undertaker, uh, Hulk Hogan eventually just got done in WWF. People mm-hmm. were done with him. Yeah. And 
him turning heel and joining the NWO definitely resurrected his career. But having the same person as champion year after year after year, and the person who's main eventing all the shows year after year after year gets old. It draw it just it just it draws on you, and you don't want to see it anymore. You want to see something fresh. You want to see something new, and that's what kills me about how great CM Punk was, and he never really got his due. And uh, from the CM companies, Punk anyways, not, not main eventing at WrestleMania is is borderline criminal as well. I never I never got him until after he was gone. That was a sad part. I saw him live a couple times here in Rochester for uh, SmackDown shows, and uh, the fans were always behind him. I'll give him that much. He's always had that drove of fans wherever he went. And that's another one. CM Punk's been carrying your title for damn near 500 days, and The Rock just shows up out of nowhere and beats the guy who's been carrying your title for so long. That's when it started, though. How does that make any sense? It doesn't, but that's when all this crap started with exactly. bringing in Lesnar, bringing in Goldberg, or bringing in whomever uh, to to beat your champions that should should maintain them. But I, mean, I think that, that, that's what I mean. You're pissing on your own product. That's what you're doing. Yeah, those people are only around X Y Z days when everybody else is here every single day doing every single thing, but but you show who you really care about. Right, exactly. But you know, on that and that note, if you guys want to get in touch with us and let us know what you guys thought of the Royal Rumble, you can hit us up. Uh, he's at Dave in the QC. I'm at underscore ringside ran on Twitter. So, with that being said, let's send it up to Mr. Rich Paladino. It is now time for rants and raves. We're going to see Tom Brady in the Super Bowl yet again, but this time he's with a different team. He's with your Tampa Bay Bucks. This has been a topic that has been on a lot of people's minds, a lot of shows. Is Tom Brady or Bill Belichick been more crucial? That's that's a tough one. You look at what's going on right now, and if you don't really pay attention to it, you look at it and say, well, shit, Tom Brady's in the Super Bowl without Bill Belichick. It's Tom Brady is where it's at. But I, I kind of have to go with both. I think that if Tom Brady didn't have Bill Belichick, I don't think he'd be as good of a quarterback as he is. And I don't think if Bill Belichick had Tom Brady, he would be revered as the coach that he is. So you're you're kind of at a kind of at a happy medium there. What about you? I think because I being a Bills fan, I've seen Tom Brady twice a year for the last number of years that he's that he was with New England. I think me personally, I think it's Tom Brady that's a lot more crucial because we've seen what has happened when Bill Belichick hasn't had a Tom Brady ass quarterback there. Where you know you we we could say we could say age is a lot of it. He's an older guy, but he still is very much there upstairs to do this. But you have to have the right guys in the in, in the position. That Cam Cam Newton isn't the right guy. Yeah, well, Cam, Cam Newton is trash. So he's oh, not yeah. the Cam, he's not the Cam Newton of five six years ago where he was league MVP. Cam Newton now has had neck and shoulder issues and he can't throw the ball worth the shit anymore. And he's not going to take the hits that he once did. And he's slowed down. He's not, I mean, he's not as big. He's not as powerful. So Cam Newton was a bad set for them from the get go. I, I still think that new England can be back, but I think one of the reasons why Tom Brady is not with new England this year is because Tom Brady was trying to get paid 
And for so many years, New England's been able to play ball and get these guys to play for them, you know, cheaper than most because they're going to win championships more likely than not. And I think New England was saddled with some salary cap issues this year, and it really hurt them. And I think that's one of the reasons Brady left. He had he had no weapons at all. I mean, there was no, there's nobody on that offense. I mean, Sony Michelle has shown flashes at times. You know, White has shown flashes at times, but like receiver and stuff, they, they don't, just don't have it. So you look at what the weapons that Brady has down in Tampa now with he's got Mike Evans, he's got Antonio Brown, he's got Chris Godwin, he's got Cameron Brait, he's got Leonard Fournette, he's got Rob Gronkowski. That doesn't, you know, Ronald Jones has, has come about this year and Tampa's actually had a run game this year where they haven't had it in ever. So people... People aren't taking that into account. The Brady, I, see, I don't think New England would have been worth a shit this year if Brady was there or not. I mean, they'd have won more games than what they won, but they weren't going to win the Super Bowl. So they, I don't think they would have beaten the Bills. You know, they might not have even made the playoffs, but right. they would have been better with Brady, obviously. Because I just think we're going to get it, it was going to get to that point in New England where you know Brady was getting older. Uh, What's his face? Uh, the receiver there. Uh, Welker, not Welker. Now Welker. Uh, Edelman. Edelman, yeah. Edelman's getting up there. He's getting hurt. But you he's don't always have hurt. Right, but you don't. You don't have those those weapons. And I think Brady saw that when a lot of that off season. Well, the writing was happened. on the wall, and they wanted Brady right. to play for cheap. And at this point, he's like, "No, nah, I'm going to get my worth." So if, if, and why not, if teams like Tampa are offering you 60 plus million dollars to come down there and play for a couple of years, jump on it. Look at the weapons they have. I think without Brady, Tampa still would have been a legit playoff team this year. Brady has really helped them, but I think some of the signings really helped as well. The, the addition of Antonio Brown, the addition of Rob Gronkowski, the addition of Leonard Fournette, especially late in the season, Leonard Fournette has come on where Ronald Jones has kind of fallen off and got COVID and this, that, and the other. The last few weeks, Leonard Fournette has kind of looked like the Leonard Fournette of old and kind of what you thought you might be getting out of college coming from LSU. So whereas, you know, last year the starting running back for Tampa was Peyton. What's his nuts? I don't remember. Peyton Barber. Yeah. And I mean, he, he moved to Washington and, I don't think he hardly saw any snaps at all. So, I mean, that's what Tampa's been working with. So, there's a, there's a lot more weapons there now. So, we'll see. I, they, they, they're they legit. I, they've done a lot better than, than I thought they would. And it's one thing that uh, I learned being in that uh, playoff pool that you're running. I didn't go with my gut, and I didn't trust, trust Tom Brady in the playoffs, and it bit me in the ass. <laughs> yeah, you and me both, because I, I had him losing – I had them losing to the Saints. I, right. I had them beating the Packers. So, you know, when they played the Packers, I had that in. But I had them losing to the Saints, and that, that really hurt me. Regardless, I would I would have had uh, – I, I had the Bills initially. I had the Bills and the Bucks in the Super Bowl. But then uh, I, I, I thought too much. I should have just let it go. <laughs> so, yeah, I had, I had Chiefs and Saints the yeah. whole way. But, you know, the last few weeks, the Saints – after the Saints really beat the shit out of Tampa – a few weeks back, like 38 to three or whatever it was, they just weren't the same team. Right. And, you know, they, they kind of fell off a little at the end there. And I, I think Drew Brees' age and him coming back from the injury helped. And, you know, I don't, I don't think Peyton Hill is a legit starting quarterback in the NFL. So we'll see. I mean, I hope Tampa wins as a Tampa fan. 
Yeah. I really like Mahomes. He's a hell of a quarterback. So we'll see. But it's one of yeah, those dude. things where how good would Mahomes be in the eighties NFL when they could actually hit the quarterback and oh yeah, play defense. It's, it's kind of one of those things. But he, the kid's a hell of a quarterback now. I'll tell you that. No doubt about that. So Dave, what's our next topic? Next topic here. A lot of shit going down on social media the last few weeks with Chris Jericho. Kind of had his botched little Ryan Salt, Salt and, and all that from Dynamite a couple weeks back. Do you think fans are being too critical of Chris Jericho? Well, initially, I think fans are expecting more out of Chris Jericho. I think because initially they expect a lot out of him. He won the title. They're expecting a lot out of him now. So I think they're being a lot more hard on him than they should be. Yes, they can poke for, hey, you missed this, you missed that. Okay, fine, let it go. Let it go. Don't let it go any farther than it has or it had than it did. And it's not right. If you guys want to be, what is he, 50, I think, or give or take a year? Yeah, something like that. When I'm 50, I want to be able to, I can't even do that now. I want these people to do that when they're 50. These guys that are in their parents' basements sitting on a beanbag chair naked eating Cheetos or something, I don't know. Yeah, Go out there. The vast majority of wrestling fans and half of them ain't seen titties since they were breastfed. <laughs> Well, right. It's it's either, well live ones, anyways. They probably I mean, seen them like, on the screen. Come on, you guys want to judge Chris Jericho or something? That dude's out there, and the people. I mean, you had a couple weeks ago. They're this is Chris Jericho with the NBA on TNT thing, and they're calling him fat. Or dude's fifty fucking years old. What do you expect? Right. He's not juiced up. That's what it is. So, I mean, Chris Jericho is a legit Hall of Famer in any wrestling organization oh, any yeah. hall of fame in the world when it comes to professional wrestling well if you if you remember the whole crap that went down with dustin Rhodes when he did that uh crap with uh the dark order and the initial the incarnation that never landed the punches that never landed people were giving him crap for that it's like come on are you kidding me oh i, I was just that, uh, that seemed to be more like making fun of well but, right you know i here's 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 an unpopular opinion and I think Chris Jericho's getting drugged through the mud right now, largely because of politics, where the people want to admit it or not. We're not going to do politics on this show, right? but I'll call it how I see it. And that's what David Kyle does. I call it the way I see it. And I think a lot of people are giving Chris Jericho shit and giving Chris Jericho grief because they perceive him as somebody who voted for Trump or a Trump supporter or something like that. And that's fucking stupid. Chris Jericho and Chris Irvine are two different people. Chris right. Jericho didn't vote for anybody. Chris Irvine might have, but it doesn't matter. That's what we're trying to do here. Don't let politics and the bullshit that have ruined everything going on in our world mess up what we have going on in our fantasy lives here with professional wrestling and our enjoyment of the entertainment that they're bringing to us. Well, right. There's and so many of- people that are, well, I'm not going to watch this movie because this guy's a Trump supporter or this guy likes Biden, or who gives a fuck? That guy doesn't care about you, or who you vote for, or whatever. Just, just go watch the movie. Be entertained. I mean, I, I have friends and family that are the same way. Well, I'm not supporting Hollywood. Why? I am. I like to be entertained. You guys are stupid. So don't let who somebody votes for, or something like that, you know, let that ruin them as an entertainer to you, or you're going to start judging them for something, because before any of this came out jericho was so popular and over in aew 
before politics got involved here the last few months. And I mean, people still sing the song. They love the song, but it's gotten ridiculous now. And people are giving him shit just to give him shit because they're like, oh, well, he supports Trump. Get over yourself, people. It's not that fucking big of a deal. Well, and they can't, like you said, they can't separate Chris Jericho, the character, and Chris Irvine, the man. They can't do that. They've never been able to do that. That's what people need to learn how to do. Exactly. Just go out and be entertained and enjoy it. I don't give a shit who Roman Reigns voted for or who Bill Goldberg votes for or who Drew McIntyre votes for or anything like that. I don't care. It's it's none of my business. If they want to put it on their sleeve and wear it, so be it. But Roman Reigns didn't vote for anybody. Chris Jericho didn't vote for anybody. Get over yourselves, people. Come on now. So we went from one legitimately one of the best promos of all time in Chris Jericho to another one in this next topic. Who is your best stick man, your best promo of all time? Well, I already know your answer. (laughs) And while I like your answer, you're wrong. Of course. But that's okay. Right. The greatest promo of all time is bar none, Barack. No one's even close. I beg to differ, but go ahead. And, you know, I I know yours is. Go ahead and say yours. Well, I think Ric Flair is the best stick man of all time, bar none. See, I I think Ric Flair is... The great promo. But when it comes to the modern day wrestling, well, I guess even the rock nowadays, people would be shitting themselves and <laughs> you'd have more wokeness than you'd ever seen before on Twitter or Facebook or whatever else with the rock. But the rocks put downs and the shit that he used to do to people and say to people on the microphone are legendary. We can't go wrong with either of our answers, even though you're going to say that I'm wrong and I'm going to say that you're wrong. Ric Flair's definitely top three. Right. But that, I just think at that the time... put-downs are the end-all be-all. When he called Rikishi, who was one of my absolute favorites of all time, a thong-wearing fatty, <laughs> that's one of the greatest things ever. Ric Flair never had funny lines that came out like that. A lot of Ric Flair stuff was, I'm going to beat your ass, I'm going to ride a limousine, I'm rich, face mountain, woo-woo-woo. But the rock, the shit the rock came up with is so good. You know, the whole thing with the NWO with the meat with diesel, meat, meat, and the bad guy, Razor Ramon. And, you know, Kane, when he did the Kane thing with the, the throat gimmick, that stuff's hilarious. You know, Ric Flair never could have done something like that. If given the right stuff, given the right material, I think we probably could have. Uh, but you also think we're looking at. The 90s compared to the what the 70s and 80s, two different times. But I still think, bar none, Ric Flair is a man. He always will be the man. And I'm not discrediting The Rock by any means, but I I, I think that he got a lot of his stuff, a lot of his stuff from Ric Flair. Well, I mean, a lot of people got a lot of their stuff from Ric Flair because Ric Flair is great at the mic and he might be the man, but he's not the goat. The Rock is the goat. So it is what it is. Ric Flair put on good promos. I like, I mean, the one where Ric Flair's out there elbow dropping his freaking coat. Right. And it's, you know, running around in his underwear. I mean, that's good TV. But it's the put downs. The Rock's put downs make it so good. Or when, you know, Michael Cole or whoever would interview him backstage and he's putting a shirt over their head. Back in the 90s or whatever, that shit was funny. And what he did was funny. And I'm, you know, people have come out and said, you know, 
you guys want the attitude back, but if you ever got the attitude back, you guys would lose your mind. You know, the, the whole Vicky Guerrero song. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. That was awesome. And that was probably all ad lib too, knowing him. Exactly. So, I mean, yeah. but it's, you know, I don't, I don't think a lot of people could really handle the real rock from, from our days these days, but I mean, times change. So it is what it is. And the problem is now is these guys, it's so over scripted in WWE that it just sucks. So that's the biggest problem where, you know, the guys had a lot more freedom back in those days and in AEW they might, but there's been some pretty brutal AEW segments out there. Oh yeah. But there's there's been some good ones as well. But some of them are like, holy shit! How did this ever get on TV? Mainly that I don't know if you saw that Sting and Darby Allen promo, but that was pretty yikes. Yikes! It's like you kind of oh man, that's Sting isn't a Sting in, or Sting promo now isn't what a Sting in, or, or promo what used to be. And well, I've I mean, never Sting been was never a great promo anyway, but yeah, but still that was even that was even up to par what he used to be. But but I mean it's yeah it's. There's some stuff there that's that's really brutal, but I would rather the guys go out there and be brutal like that than the stupid, over-the-top, completely scripted. I mean, that's one of the things that killed Roman Reigns, and that's one of the reasons that I truly think John Cena lost it with what he had. When he did his word life character, the white rapper gimmick, John Cena was awesome. Then he went to that Marine bullshit, and you know it went more company oriented and nobody cared anymore. The kids liked him, but nobody else did. Yeah. I, I'm sure we'll probably see him soon. I'm sure he'll probably need another payday, but so Dave, what's our uh, fourth topic. All right. So it's Royal rumble weekend. Let's hear it straight from you, RJ greatest Royal rumble match of all time. So many people talk about 1992 and Ric Flair going from number three lasting over an hour to win the WWF championship in your eyes. What's the greatest Royal rumble of all time. My best, my favorite Royal Rumble, the best Royal Rumble of all time has got to be 2001 Royal Rumble from the New Orleans Arena, New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, we saw some surprises, I guess we could say, of Drew Carey entering the Royal Rumble, Haku entering the Royal Rumble, and yes, even Eric Bischoff's favorite superstar, the Honky Tonk Man. This was in the wheelhouse of my fandom of WWE. This was when we saw the quote unquote hardcore Royal Rumble to start off. Uh, we saw the big show returning. We saw Kane until Roman Reigns beat him. Uh, a record 11 and eliminations. Uh, we saw the likes of The Rock, Kane, Austin, Undertaker in this Royal Rumble. We saw the debut of R Truth. This was his first Royal Rumble here in 2001. Rock wasn't in that Royal Rumble, was he? Rock was, yeah. I thought Rock, he beat Kurt Rock Angle was, for the title at that Rumble. What's that? I thought he beat Kurt Angle for the title at that Rumble. No, it was the next, I think it was a No Way Out. The next, oh, was that next, No Way Out when he won it? I think so. So, I, because this started, it was when Big Show came back, he eliminated Big Show, and then Big Show chokeslammed him through the uh, uh, announce table. Okay. I don't. I just know he went on to face Austin at WrestleMania. Yeah, it was 17 because Austin. this is the one that Austin won. And then the and, next month, Austin lost a two out of three to Triple H. Right. And he, but he faced yeah. him at this pay-per-view, too, for the title because Triple H had the title at this point. This was in the heat of the Austin and uh, Triple H feud. So who, this was... Who, who did Triple H face in this pay-per-view? 
I want to say, was it? No, it wasn't. Was it Austin? I'm, it was either Austin, Austin or Angle. Austin won, Austin won the Rumble. I think it was, it was Angle. Him and Angle. Because I think this was the time when... So did Angle win the belt here? Angle won the belt. Yep. Okay. And then... And then lost it to Rock the next It was a month. triple threat at No Way Out. It was Rock, uh, Rock, uh, Angle, and Triple H. Because well, Triple, H play- wrestled, Triple H wrestled austin at no way out in a two out of three falls are we sure is this because i'm almost positive let me look at i'm looking it up now because i'm almost positive that it was okay you're right you're right three stages of hell match between triple h and stone cold it was a singles match i'm thinking i'm i gotta be thinking of a different pay-per-view then because i know they had a triple threat with uh rock triple h and angle it might have been so a the diff- Rock defeated Kurt Angle at No Way Out for the title. Right, right. And then lost it a month later to, to, to Austin. Austin. But that's got to be a different pay-per-view or a different year or something because I know, I can't remember. I have to go back and look at it, but I'm almost positive that uh, they had a triple threat match. I know they did. I can't remember what year it was. But anyways, 2001 Royal Rumble has got to be my favorite. What's your favorite? I'm going with one that people don't, well, I mean, people talk about it a lot, but. It's it's not 1992. That's a good one. I think 1997 is the best Royal Rumble. That's the one where Austin won after he was eliminated, but snuck back in and eliminated Bret Hart. And then gotcha. they ended up having the, the the final four the following month with Vader. It was Vader, Bret Hart, Steve Austin, and The Undertaker. I think those were the last four. That, to me, was the best Royal Rumble match that I've seen. The storytelling in that, Austin dominating coming up and they're, they're starting to push the stone cold Steve Austin character and, you know, soon to be the, the, the double turn is going to be on with Brett going heel and Austin turning face. That was my favorite Royal rumble of all time. I remember watching it live. I was a big stone cold fan by then. I always, I never was a Brett Hart fan. So, you know, seeing Brett Hart lose like that, it, it just tickled the shit out of me. You had a other matches that day. You had undertaker invader, you had Michaels and Sid for the title where Michaels won the title back. It was in San Antonio where they're starting to bring it. You know, they had it at the big arena in San Antonio with 60 plus thousand fans there, but that was the best one to me. That 97 one was great. I think the, you know, they've done too many of them now where number one and two last throughout the whole damn thing or whatever. And it's nice to see something different. And it had controversy, but it wasn't two people going out at the same time type controversy. So it, it, it really all was there and, you know, it made for compelling storytelling. And that's why, to me, that was my favorite. Yeah, and that was the wheelhouse of a lot of people's fandoms with the WWE, WWF at that time. It was a Monday Night Wars kicking off that 97, pretty much from 97 all the way to... I'd say probably about 2001, 2002. That was when this business was hot. And the the Royal Rumbles were times when you wouldn't be, you wouldn't normally see guys like The Rock going against the Hurricane or Kane going against the Honky Tonk Man. This was that time to kind of test those waters a little bit. And I think th- those days are long gone now. Yeah, and, and I think WWF at that time, while they're, they're established main event stars, you had Shawn Michaels, you, know, you had Bret Hart that had just returned, you had Vader, you had Sid, and you had The Undertaker. So you have like your five. 
And then you're starting to see the emergence of Stone Cold Steve Austin. You know, you have Rocky Maivia, who's new, but he's there. You have Hunter Hearst Helmsley, who's like Intercontinental Champion. You've got an elevated but now face gold dust, which it never worked as a face. No. You have the likes of the Mark Marrow, who was a former Intercontinental Champion. But then you have Farouk, who's there. He's now started the Nation of Domination. And he's got his feud with Ahmed Johnson, who, you know, we, we come to find out now couldn't work a lick or whatever and was always injured. But at right. that time, Ahmed Johnson was over like Rover. I met Ahmed Johnson in December of 96. I had tickets to Monday Night Raw front row and we went, we got backstage passes and got to go backstage and meet some of the guys. And Ahmed Johnson was a bona fide superstar. And had he been able to not get injured and learn to work just a little bit, WWE, WWF, whatever the case may be, I mean, it could have been completely different. We might not have gotten the Stone Cold Steve Austin type thing because at one point, Ahmed Johnson was going to be the future, but it just never materialized. I mean, he was pushed from his start in 95. He was pushed to the moon. And yeah, I mean, but he beat Goldust for the he, Intercontinental title. But he didn't I mean, and he, he was over. He couldn't cut a promo for shit. But at that point in time, it is what it was. He got his point across. Yeah, but he but didn't need you to look cut back a at promo. It, every promo started. Well, first of all, Farouk, yeah. you know, then the you're going down thing. But I mean, it, it, it sucked. But. I was probably one of the biggest Ahmed Johnson fans. And I hated the fact that, you know, come 98, he was gone because I loved it. I think they screwed up with his heel turn when he joined the nation and it was, it was all done so quickly. He joined the nation and they should have either had him take over the nation or not, but then turn him right back again. It just, it never was the same, but that 97 WWE was awesome in 97. And I missed that. Yeah, the business in general in 97 where it was great. So, Dave, what's our final topic here for uh, Rants and Race? Who's going to have the better season this year? <laughs> the New York Yankees or the Tampa Bay Rays? Well, there's only one correct answer here, guys. And you know what I'm going with, Dave. We've had this conversation before. It's going to be the New York Yankees. They're making splashes in the offseason of free agency. They've signed the likes of Corey Kluber. They are bolstering their pitching rotation. They're bolstering their uh, bullpen. They have the young guys on this team. They re-signed uh, DJ LeMahieu at second base. You got guys like Aaron Judge, Gary Sanchez. They're going to rule the, a the AL East yet again this year. With all those names... And your $487 trillion payroll. I fucking hope they're good. <laughs> well, but I'd say uh, the only team that's popular in Tampa right now, as far as baseball is concerned, is the New York Yankees because you get all these New York transplants down in Tampa that go to, go to uh, when well, we can go to games, go, go to these Tampa games and account for half the uh, attendance. You're so full of shit. Watch a game, my man. Watch a. I'm sure you do. Watch a game. I watch Tampa all the game. games because I get MLB ticket thing, whatever it's called. No, well, yeah, it's not MLB, No, it's not. I buy at the. Bat. It's at MLB. Uh, no, it's like it's MLB TV. Oh, so okay. I watch it on my my Roku and my Fire Stick and what. So I can watch all the games. I watch them. I also go to if I'm ever in when I travel back home to Tampa, summertime. I go to games. I go to Rays games. I've been to many games against the Yankees and the Red Sox 
and everybody else they play because you know a lot of a lot of times you go on a Tuesday night, shit, you just go up, you buy tickets out in the outfield and go sit wherever the hell you want. There's we so have, many seats anyways. We have uh, we have the beer man. He's, he's, we, we train him, you know, first inning. Like, hey, we want you here at the start of every inning. If our whole group of people, 10, 15 plus people, we all order beers. We all give him a couple buck tip. He makes 30 bucks every inning just coming to us. Why not? So, he's there and then you know right by the seventh inning they start cutting off sales we go get another three or four and then you really get a, a good tip but at, at, at one point in time yeah those games were dominated by yankees and red sox fans it, it, they're not home games for the yankees or red sox anymore and they haven't been since you know in a, in a few years since the since the rays first world series run the rays first world series run back in 07 really kind of made the team popular to people that weren't going there i mean the problem is, is nobody goes to that stadium because the stadium's way the fuck out in the middle of nowhere. So that stadium is way out in St. Pete mm-hmm. and it's an hour from anybody. So unless you live right there in that St. Pete area. So the vast majority of all the people that live in Tampa that live, you know, near start going towards Orlando and that whole area, they're not going to those games because they're so far out. So that stadium moves and they put that stadium somewhere in the heart of Tampa or put it at the Florida State Fairgrounds, which is in Tampa. It's on I-4, the major road that connects Tampa to Orlando to Daytona. You're going to get a lot more people that are going to start going to these games. So originally the Rays came about, and they wanted to put the Rays on Del Mabry. That's the big street in Tampa. That's where the Bucks play. Their, their stadium's right there on Del Mabry. They were going to put a stadium right beside it, and it got shut down by George Steinbrenner because he's from Tampa, owns the New York Yankees and obviously has the Tampa Yankees who have a stadium right across the street from the buck called, it was legend field. Now it's Steinbrenner field right, right. there on Del Mabry. He shut that shit down. Rays end up over in the old, it was called the Thunderdome. It's where the lightning played when they first came about over in St. Pete. And it's this old rundown ass stadium that, I mean, it, it, I like going to it to watch baseball because it's, you go in, you watch a game at 72 degrees, the whole game you're indoors. It's fine. But they need to put a stadium in Tampa, either somewhere in Ebor City or in Channel Side or, you know, at the fairgrounds. And a lot more people will go to these games and the Rays won't be the laughing stock anymore. And if we could ever get a fucking owner that's not Stu Sternberg, who's a big ass Mets fan, maybe we get an owner that will spend a little bit of money instead of keeping it all. He just got paid $30 million by WWE. And I guarantee you all of that money goes to his pocket. Not shit will go to that baseball team. That's the problem. The Rays have great management in terms of their general manager and things like that, but their owner's worthless. He's like the he's the cheapest owner there is in baseball. But we can do more with our $40 million payroll than you can do with your $692 cabillion payroll. So your New York Yankees can suck it. You know, Dave, that's something I've been a lifelong Yankee fan as long as you've been a lifelong Rays fan. Well, I haven't it's been not, a lifelong Rays fan. Well, it didn't come about till you know well, ninety eight. Since their existence, there you go. I've been an existing Rays fan since. Their existence. <laughs> well, the lifelong of their 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 uh, organization, but uh, it's not something I haven't heard before. I was, I became, I was been a lifelong Yankee fan. I started in the early nineties. There, same same time I became a wrestling fan as well. So I saw the crap years, but I also saw the really good year starting there in 96. And all I've basically heard from what you've been saying about the race is I consider it a lot of what, uh, 
2000-2001 WCW fans were saying he won't be cheap when they move when he moves the team to Montreal. Well, that team can fuck off if they move to Montreal. I won't support him <laughs> one iota. Well, they need another. They need another team in Canada. Why not? Yeah, because the last ones did so great. Well, and, until Montreal they had... lost the Expos, but they're going to support the Rays half a year. Well, until until Timber can eat a dick. That ain't going to work. <laughs> Nobody's going to put up. Tampa will not put up with it. Well, and, until until Tampa actually made a run there, I, I will give you this much: it's the best for young talent. But until they made that run at the end. Not a lot of people were going, man. I'll tell you that much. Not a lot of people were going to these games when they could go to them, but I don't well, know. They don't like go to them because the stadium's in a shitty place. Well, that too. It's I, hard I, to get to. Well, no, you, know, I, and then you got to understand like traffic. You know, these games start at 7 p.m. on a Wednesday or whatever. We got to work. We're trying to fight traffic and everything yeah. to get over there. And, and the I've Brit, been there too. Can, the Brit, see, what people don't understand is Tampa is a big ass area. So you have Tampa Bay and it connects to Tampa, Clearwater, St. Pete. That's Tampa Bay. It is massive. It's not easy to get from everywhere with all the traffic. People just don't get that. Yeah, I've driven by my and my uh, sister-in-law and my brother-in-law live down in uh, St. Pete area. So but I look know, at the I know lightning. That area. Look at yeah. the lightning. People support those dudes. At one area. point in time, the Buccaneers had two hundred fifty thousand people on their waiting list just to get tickets. Back in the Gruden Dungey days, right. don't tell me we can't we can't support a sports team down there because it can be done. They're just you can't get to the Rays. The Rays have some of the highest ratings for their local television product with their Florida Sun Sports Network deals. They have some of the highest ratings in baseball. But people don't go to the games because it's just not easy to get there. The stadium's not around the corner. It's way the hell out. All right, so let's go back up to the ring to Mr. Rich Pellivino. The following contest is scheduled for 10 minutes and revolves around you. It's listener questions. It is good, brother Mike. Just thought I'd drop in and give you a little listener question for this week. Uh, now, as a fellow Bills fan, uh, it's pretty disappointing that uh, we got knocked out of the playoffs this past week by Kansas City. Uh, but we had a hell of a season. Did a lot better than everybody thought we would. Now, my question is, now that we're out of the playoffs, do you root for Kansas City to win? Or do you root against Kansas City because they beat us? Now, personally, I would like the team that eliminated us from the playoffs to go all the way and win. And also, I can't stand Brady, so everybody against Brady. Anyone but Brady, so my pick is the Chiefs. Just wonder what you think. Let me know, man. Have a good one. Talk to you later. All right, so big thanks to good brother Mike for asking that question for this week's uh, listener's question. You can follow him on Twitter at FigHunter24 underscore seven. That is F-I-G capital H-N-T-R 24 underscore seven. Great guy. A fellow Bill's Mafia brother of mine as well. So I'm sure you love that. What do you think? Who are you cheering for uh, this well, weekend? First, first of all, your question is stupid <laughs> because I'm not cheering for the Bills or whoever beat the Bills. I'm cheering for my Buccaneers of Tampa Bay. So I want another Super Bowl in Tampa Bay. I'm a Buccaneers fan. I had season tickets for years and years and years and years and years until I moved to Illinois, stupidly. But, hey, I'm not cheering for anybody but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Go win that Super Bowl, baby. So, first of all, it is not a stupid question, and how dare you, but... Stupid. Go Bucks. Uh, 
See what I have to deal with people. I'm sorry, Mike, that he called your question stupid. He's a stupid one. And yes, it is because he's a Bucks fan and he's whatever. I, it just blasphemy. Anyways, I'm going to go for the better team and I can't in the right mind cheer for Brady. So I'm going to go with the team that did beat those Buffalo bills, the Kansas city chiefs, because they are the better team. Uh, Beating the Buffalo bills is like beating a high school for the blind. It's not that hard. Well, this coming from a Bucks fan. So per- previous to uh, this latest run in the late uh, late nineties and this run, the Bucks are pretty obsolete. I'll fight you. Go ahead, go ahead. We got a couple hours. You still hey, you still got to shovel your way out of the the uh, your driveway there, unless your wife probably did it for you. No, nah, we paid the neighbor kid. It's it's shoveled. <laughs> I'm getting ready to go take the kids sledding now. No, see that's my my, my wife already took uh, was supposed to take our son. Uh, sledding that she's like oh do you i'm like i i i actually uh uh offered i said hey do you want me to come and you know we'll have fun or whatever oh no you don't have to okay i'll stay home i gotta record anyway so <laughs> yeah we're gonna take the girl sledding over at a friend's house have some hot dogs and hamburgers and throw back some some ice cold beverages here before uh royal rumble starts so right. wife's making enchiladas and Ooh. chips and queso for royal Ooh. rumble so get stoked Man, no wonder you're a chubby little guy or ch- chubby, chubby little guy. Yeah, there's an oxymoron. <laughs> yeah, my wife's always like, you need to work out. You need to exercise and get healthy. And then she's like, you want me to make you some m M&M m ice cream? Oh, I tell her all the time, I'm like, girl, you're a chubby chaser. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, but that, see, that's the thing with my wife. My wife's a great cook. And I kind of I'm like, I told her, I'm like, hey, I, I, I've been uh it's been a dry month for me. As of right now, I haven't had a drink since the beginning of the year. And dude, I applaud you for that. So Never I, thank me. you. I, I'm, I can't do it. I'm too high strung. I quit smoking, but Hey, I'm yeah. not giving up my alcohol, but you know, I am, I applaud you for that. RJ, okay. I gave you shit just for fun when you yeah. first did it, but I did not mean it in any way. Shape no, or I form. know. Dude, it's awesome. You do what's better is your life. If I had a real problem, I, you know, I would try and fix it. Smoking was a problem. At one point in time, I smoked over two packs a day. Oh, wow. Yeah. But, you know, I met my wife when I'm, you know, obviously she wasn't my wife when I met her, but she wouldn't tolerate the smoking. I really liked her. I cut it out. You know, if I had a real drinking problem or something, I'm sure my wife would put her foot down and I would seek help and do what I needed to do to make sure that I didn't cross the line. Mm -hmm. But I don't. I'm a social drinker. I just used to be in the military and I can drink a lot. So it is Mm -hmm. what it is. Yeah. But if I, I ever know. had a problem, I would hope that I had people that would point it out to me and be like, you know what? You're a better person when you're not doing this or that or whatever. And I applaud you and I applaud everybody else that does that. Yeah, it got to the point in where I was basically going on my way home from work and not to get too far in the weeds, but there, it's should the story should be told uh, because I, I don't know who's listening to this. It may help somebody. So I want to tell the story. Uh I would actually go home on my way home from work. I work four days a week. Um, I'd actually literally go to whatever grocery store, convenience store. I'd get a 12 pack of Yingling and I'd drink every single one every night. So it got to the point where I was doing a lot of dumb shit, stuff that I'm not proud of, um, stuff that I've admitted, but. And see, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. You admitted it now though. And see, while I like to do it and party, I can go weeks without it and it, it doesn't affect me at all. So it is what it is. Yeah. And more power but, to you. I'm glad you've made the change. Yeah. I appreciate that. But any, anyway, so 
just to close up on this topic, what uh, what's going to be your final score for this uh, Super Bowl? I'm going out on a limb here, and I, I'm really going on a limb because I did this squares. Right. And I actually got great numbers. I got four, zero, seven, and one. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, a, that's pretty damn good. So I need the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win 37 to 30. More for me. And I'm going to take it 37 30. Over under is going to be 67 on, on Dave's watch. Tampa Bay Buccaneers 37 30. I, I, I'm not sure that's going to happen. That's what I'm going with. <laughs> Why not? You're hey, you're a Bucks fan. I'll, Why not? I'll win a thousand dollars on squares. I'll lose some money on DraftKings. My wife is here with potato chips and hi, baby doll. You guys, I love you both. So they're too good to you, man. Too good to oh, you, dude. My wife's so hot, especially when she has her hair like it is right now. Oh my god, I love it when she does the pigtails. Smoking. Oh, oh geez. Yeah, I'm going. <laughs> Let's do it. You know, I, I really think deeply in my heart, I think Kansas City wins. Yeah. But uh, you can't go against your team, though. I'm going 37 30 Buccaneers. David wins a thousand bucks, and we're all happy. Well, at least you are, anyways. So I'm actually, I got a bunch of squares with good brother Mike here. He did a pool or a, a square pool. So I don't know the numbers yet, but I'm still going to go KC uh, just to despite you uh, and just because of the better team. Uh, I'm going to go KC. 27 21 there you go let's see who's closer at the end we'll we'll revisit this next week well, i'm sure we will without a question on that uh so with that being said thanks to good brother michael follow him on twitter uh this week if i my memory stands me correctly it's my five minutes right yep so we we probably said it before but thank you each and every one of you that has downloaded listened to this episode uh dave and i are absolutely loving what we're doing. Obviously I can't speak for Dave, but I'm going to anyways at this point, but we're loving what we're doing. We're getting a lot of great feedback. We're getting uh, constructive criticism too. Uh, so we're looking to uh, make the show as best as, as better, as best as we can. Is that, is that good English? I don't know. Uh, but we're looking to make the show the best it can be. Uh, we're looking for it to be, as comedic, as serious, as informative as it could possibly be. If there's something that you want us to talk about, uh, if you're sick of professional wrestling, if you're sick of football and professional baseball, professional sports, you want us to talk about, you know, pop culture. If you want us to talk about movies, TV shows, music, whatever, let us know. He's at Dave in the QC. I am at underscore ringside rant. Let us know. The DMS are open. Uh, give us a follow, uh, go over and subscribe across all your major podcasting platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Google. If you got Play. something bad to say, DM RJ, though. I ain't trying to hear that bullshit. Yeah, Dave's starting to stay positive. <laughs> you know, he's, uh, I kid, I kid. No, that's, hey, that's fine. I, I've, I, I've, I've taken criticism all my life, so why not uh, keep it going? But, yeah, subscribe across all your major podcasting platforms. Uh, head up. We're on, uh, also, we're on full press coverage, fullpresscoverage.com. Go over to your iOS or Android device and download the full press coverage app. Head over to ringsiderant.whatforapparel.com. Pick yourself up a great shirt like I have behind me right here, right underneath my Brody Lee, uh, my Brody Lee t-shirt on the wall. Uh, check it out. We got uh, shirts. We got uh, uh, pretty much anything that you want is right over there at ringsiderant.whatforapparel.com. Uh, be like coach. Uh, our condolences going out to coach. He lost his father this past week. 
but he's always been a good brother to us. Good, good, uh, loyal listener. Um, so be like him as well. Yep, Pick up stay a shirt. strong, Josh. We love you, brother. Yeah. DMs are always open, man. You know where to get us, but thank you each and every one of you for listening this week. We'll be back. Same bat time, same bat channel next week. Uh, Dave, you got anything else? Close up shop. Nope. That's it. Time to go take these kids sledding. Good luck with that. And uh, hopefully nobody will uh, walk away bloody or bruised. Well, it's sledding. They're not fighting. So hey, you hopefully. never know, man. You never know. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you very much. And uh, we'll see you right back here next time on the Ringside Rant. Peace out.